Well, Cherith, come on up, and uh, we're gonna kind of get a report. Um, I told her to share what God's been doing in her life, and she's become a part of our church. I've known her since she was, I, I'm trying to think of how long, but it's been probably 2004, three, four, something like that. So come, come on over here, you can come on bite. So, I mean, she's been very special. Um, she came to college, and uh, I was Uncle Matt, Matt and Aunt Diane, and uh, of course Susan was working for me at that time as uh, an administrative assistant, and she got close to Susan. And so when she graduated, she decided she's gonna move to Colorado and be part of this church. And uh, not sure about how God would direct her life, but uh, she came here, started working, started taking classes on death and signing, met Sue Ann, and that's a whole other story that's a pretty exciting one. And then God directed her with the, just in her heart to go to Zambia and to minister to the deaf. And so that's kind of an introduction to her, someone who we hated to see go, but that's part of the way the church, uh, as Josh says, you're loved and you're sent. And some of us are sent right here locally, and that's where we start. And once in a while, God just so moves on you, you can do nothing else but go um, someplace where no one else will probably go. So, welcome home. I know this at home is Africa now, is in Zambia, but um, very strategic place right in the center of Central Africa, touches on seven different countries and tremendous impact. And we're so glad you could be back with us. So you take, take your time, share. Yeah, so every year I come back, there's always new faces, which is exciting. And um, I think I was just as sad when the neighbors left, even though I was an ocean away, uh, Sarah and I exchanged some words. Um, and so it's really fun to overlap with them again. The good thing about family is, is no matter where you go, you always have a place to visit. So you can just show up unannounced. Well, at least that's how it works in Africa. Uh, so now we have the option to go to Florida. So if anybody's looking, I'm volunteering them. Uh, you have family in Florida now. Uh, you also have family in Africa, but for some reason it seems a lot harder to get people to come over and visit. But maybe one of these days uh, that would be uh, fun. So it's good to be back with you all. Valley is um, definitely the highlight of every trip here. And uh, I was very sad to only be here one Sunday. I was telling Susan this week, I really wanted two Sundays and I have another supporting church in the area. And I told her, I said, well, if I had fit two Sundays in secretly, I was actually not gonna offer them the second one because I want Valley both weeks. Uh, so it's good to be back and just give you a little bit of update of what God's doing uh, by, by in large part um, through the partnership that we have. Um, and so I want to just take a few minutes and update you on what God is doing on the continent of Africa, specifically in Zambia, uh, working with the deaf. And um, I want to take it maybe just a little bit of a different route this morning. Um, but as I do that, I just want to remind us, I know there's new people, uh, some of you have been around, so bear with me, but I want to remind us of the need, because if we don't remember the need, we forget the urgency, and then everything else I'm going to share about what God's doing, uh, though wonderful, maybe doesn't uh, hit home for us quite, uh, quite as strongly. So um, as I travel, people are often 
interested to know things about the deaf community. A lot of people, maybe you've never interacted with the deaf or, or um, some, some people have. So some of this may be new for you, but the uh, World Health Organization estimates there are about 470 million people around the world that have moderate to severe hearing loss. At some level, this hearing loss would be somewhat debilitating. Uh, the deaf don't really like that term, but from a hearing perspective, it's enough of a hearing loss that you would um, struggle with everyday communication without some form of assistance. So if we were to bring all of those people together, um, you would actually find if we could get them all into one country, population-wise, they'd make the third largest country in the world after China and India. Sorry, America's fourth, but uh, you, at least made the, you at least made it on the screen. Um, so the 470 million people around our world, conservatively, that would fall into this um, severely hard of hearing to deaf category, 90% um, of deaf children do have hearing parents. Now, what that means is, is that often um, this is going to severely limit a child's access to language, to relationships, to education. Uh, statistically, families do not learn sign language and do not um, try to find adequate ways of communicating with their deaf child. Um, and I'm sure you can imagine uh, you're not expecting, most families are not expecting to have a deaf child and so there's not usually pre-preparation and so you're kind of caught off guard and then you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. So statistically, 90% um, of deaf are born into these hearing families. And it's um, then unsurprising that eight out of 10 deaf children will never receive any form of education. Um, so that's whether formal, informal, um, and that's not just, oh, they don't finish high school, that is they may never even start kindergarten or preschool. They will never receive any education. And so really it shouldn't shock us that less than 2% of the deaf population around the world, that 470 million, give or take, um, less than 2% have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. And so really that need, as I've I think mentioned every time I've come here, um, you know, that need is so great. Who's going to go? Uh, who's going to tell them the truths we were just singing about this morning, um, that the wrath of God was satisfied, um, and that, that there's a God who loves them and wants a relationship with them. And so now moving to the continent of Africa, out of the world's population of deaf, about 20 20%, roughly a quarter of the, the deaf live on the sub-Saharan, live in sub-Saharan Africa. So not even the entire continent, just the part of Africa that I live in, uh, so kind of the southern half of the continent, um, we have about 20, 20 to 25% of the world's deaf. Um, and so the need really is huge to take the gospel there. Um, to this particular group of people. So if you're like me, these statistics kind of um, are hard to uh, maybe to, to capture. Those are huge numbers. Um, and, you know, when they're just facts without a face. And so what I want to do today is kind of reintroduce you to a person and kind of use that story to help us see the need and what God's doing and a little bit beyond just the scope of what I do day to day, but to show you how um, the gospel is advancing and it's no one person, it's no one entity, 
and that the, um, the way that the church uh, across the, the pond is, is alive and is growing and is reaching unreached people groups, just as we are here uh, in, in Boulder County um, in Colorado. So if you will this morning, fly with me to Zambia. We are going to leave from Boston because flying from Denver, we will never get there in time. Um, but we're gonna fly over to Africa and, and specifically to Zambia. As you can see, we're a landlocked country. Uh, we really don't have very many mountains, unfortunately, uh, and no ocean. So it's, it's um, uh, we do have Victoria Falls. So if you come visit me, we'll go to Victoria Falls. Uh, it's quite beautiful. But as we go travel over, what I want to do specifically is uh, introduce you to a young lady named Julia. Uh, if you've been in on the email updates, and, and I think last time I may have mentioned her briefly, um, but Julia what is a deaf student that we have at the college. And so let me just catch you up on her story just uh, in case uh, this is the first time you're hearing about her. But Julia really was one of the statistics we just talked about. She went deaf at the age of eight and she was in the third grade. And at that point, uh, her family did um, what is quite typical. They withdrew her from school and they kept her at home. For three years, she never left the four walls of her yard. Um, she was kept isolated from society, wasn't allowed to go out, wasn't allowed to interact with anyone. Um, parents, I'm sure you can imagine trying to keep an active eight, nine, ten-year-old at home, how challenging that would be and how much more challenging uh, a kid who is frustrated because they can't communicate. Um, and their entire life changed overnight. And um, Zambia, like many sub-Saharan African countries, our culture views any disability, uh, just not just as a burden, but really it's the result of a dark spiritual force. Uh, in Zambia, we'll use the term curse, um, but basically there, there is this belief that anyone with a disability or anyone who is deaf, um, there is a spiritual force behind that, and that brings shame to the family and to the community. Uh, so that's just a little explanation for why a child would be kept out of sight for, for that period of time. Eventually, Julia, at the age of 13, um, someone told her family about the deaf, uh, about a deaf school and that she could return to school if she learned sign language. And so at the age of 13, her family sent her to a deaf school where she um, was enrolled into first grade. So she went backwards. But she was smart, uh, she was a hard worker, and she quickly grasped Zambian sign language and, and moved her way up, making up for those lost five years. So a little bit of her background. Now fast forward, and uh, in 2011, uh, Julia was invited to the annual leadership conference hosted by our university, Central Africa Baptist University. Um, this is a week-long conference that really is designed to provide tools and resources to um, the, the churches around our continent, but, sp but more specifically targeted within Zambia. Uh, a lot of the conference attendees come in uh, for a week of training and they would un otherwise be unable to attend our institution. They may be full-time jobs, full-time pastors, um, uh, lay ministry workers, but the goal is to have a week of workshops uh, on various topics, equipping them for ministry, uh, Christian service, uh, better understanding scripture, and so on. And so in 2011, the college started to 
offered this conference interpreted. There were a handful of volunteer signers. They had just started learning sign language and were burdened to see the deaf have access. And so Julia came, and by her own admission, uh, she said that uh, she really wasn't interested in any of the sessions. The interpreters weren't the greatest, and uh, she only showed up for the fellowship because this was a location that was welcoming deaf and other deaf were there. And so that's what initially drew her in. Um, and it was through that conference, the exposure at that conference that in introduced her to Faith Baptist Church of Riverside. Now Faith Baptist Church um, had started a deaf ministry not long before, specifically as a result of some of their members coming over to the college for some of our classes and taking some sign language classes. And through that became burdened for this unreached people group in their own city, and so they had started an interpreter program. And so Julia had come to our conference and then gets hooked up with this local church that's just a few minute walk away from us. Now, an interesting um, thing about this church, this is the first church that my family st established back in the early 90s when they first went to the field. My dad was the assistant pastor, eventually became the lead teaching pastor for about 10 years, um, raised up leadership, and eventually the church, he stepped back and the church called a Zambian pastor and has been a healthy, thriving um, local community ever since. It doesn't have any... Um, Western input. There's no more Western leadership on that and has been been that way since 2007, I believe. Um, and so now Julia gets plugged into this church. And um, she was hit or miss, but eventually um, in 2016, she had, she had gone every year for the conference. And in 2016, leadership conference, which was the year I moved back, but I came in after the conference. Uh, so she had attended and the very first message, the preacher was preaching on um, uh, returning to your first love. And she t was telling me recently, she said, I was so convicted. Uh, she said, I was actually mad at the speaker. And so she refused to come back um, because she knew God was working on her heart. The interpreters wouldn't let her get away with it. Uh, the students, the, some of the students from the college, and they were on her every day. Julia, where are you? You need to come back. And finally, we're a very relational culture, so finally to get them off her back, she said, okay, I'll come back. So she came in on Thursday. She timed it so she could come to lunch, make sure everyone saw that she was there, and she was going to get out before lunch was over so she didn't have to go to a session. And um, my sister, my dad, a couple of the interpreters saw her and said, where have you been? You know, you've been so faithful. You haven't been here all week and you're coming to the session, right? And uh, then she was stuck. So she went to the session and remained for the rest of the conference. And at the end of it, realized that she needed a savior and went to her pastor. So Pastor Chopo, who is a CABU graduate and is now the pastor of Faith Baptist Riverside, and said, I need you to explain to me who is Jesus, and I need you to explain to me how I have a relationship with him, because I need that. And so Pachopo worked with her over the course of a month, um, and at the end of that time, she came to Christ. So now she's in high school and wants to come to CABU when she's done. And in 20, so I had interacted with her when I got to Zambia, and she'd come to me every year and say, okay, when are you going to let deaf in? When are you going to let deaf in? And I said, well, you're not even done high school. Come see me when you're done high school. So the end of 2020, she came to see me, and she said, I just finished high school. So can I join in January 2021? And I was like, uh, we're not ready. Uh, so we did. And, and many of you are aware of that. I think I mentioned that last year. So Julia, um, so Julia 
completed her, her grade 12 at the age of 23, and she immediately joined CABU as a part-time student in 2021. Um, and so for uh, the past two years, as I think many of us are aware, we have been working hard for this moment. We've always wanted DEF to come in, and so we have been busy training interpreters so that when the day came, we would be ready to interpret um, classes. And so Esther and Sincere, um, Esther is the one in yellow, Sincere is the one in her cap and gown. She just finished her four-year degree last year, so uh, she just walked um, and has joined us full-time this year in our uh, in our department. But uh, Esther and Sincere have been working to earn a bachelor's in deaf studies sign language interpreting with the goal that, Lord willing, in another year, they will be the first ones to have completed this degree um, in all of Zambia. And so they will have a formal accredited degree. Uh, obviously that serves many purposes for us. One is to train hearing students um, to also um, learn about the deaf and, and to be able to also become interpreters, but it helps us obviously with students like Julia who now have access to classes. And so Esther and Sincere Skills have allowed Julia to move from a part-time student in 